Hello and welcome to this another edition of Words from the Word of God. Thank you for joining me today. I read as I began an entrance that I recorded in my journal that is dated the 8th of September 2019. It's headed by this caption, The church is great and mighty in Jesus Christ, our Lord, profound statement. But as this is revealed to me, I wrote this in my journal from the from the Lord through the Spirit. He said, I said, uh, unite the community of believers, no matter our differences, race, creed, culture, worship, opinions, denominations, with the goal of winning the lost. And I, and I quote, I put this in quotation marks and, and bold letters here. There are no barriers in the true church and the kingdom of God. Man makes barriers as we differ in all the aforementioned things. But Jesus Christ tears them down. We are all one in him, and we are all make up his body, the church, the true church of born-again believers, the bride of Christ. And I quoted and unquoted this again in bold letters, unified body of Christ with the mission and commission to reach the lost. With that in mind, I ask you this question, and this question is recorded in the first epistle of the Apostle Paul to the church and believers there in Corinth, to that assembly there, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 13, as Paul was writing to them to correct some behaviors that he had heard were going on there, wrong behaviors, uh, and he was writing unto them, he asked them this question in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 13, is Christ divided? God is posing this question to you and I today as true born-again believers. Is Christ divided? I want you to gather your family together this evening, and I want you to get in front of a mirror, and I want you to let this question sink into your heart as you all say it in unison. Is Christ divided? You know, there are so many divisions in this world. There's so much racism and hatred and bigotry and evilness running rampant. You know, it would seem to me in my heart that the, the body of Christ, as we are quickly, greatly becoming a minority in this country, in this world as a whole, uh, you know, as the body of believers, that we would come together in love and we would come together in unity. We are all one in Christ. So the answer to that, according to the word of God, that question, is Christ divided, is a resounding no. We have no place putting barriers, our barriers between us and another brother and sister in Christ. We are to temper everything that we say to them, and not only just brothers and sisters in Christ, but our love is to extend to everyone around us, everyone in the world. And we'll get on get on get to that fact of love here in a moment. But I want to look at the unity that the Word of God speaks of concerning His body, the body of Christ. You and I, if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, that means you've placed all of your faith in His finished redemptive work on Calvary's cross. You have 
Turn from your sin, repented of your sin, turn completely from that, all your old ways, which is repentance, and turn to God by having placing your faith in Christ and his blood for the remission of your sins and the forgiveness of your sins and your redemption. You are, according to the Gospel of John, chapter 3, born again of the Spirit. That means you have believed in the only begotten of the Father, and you shall not perish, but you shall have everlasting life. So if you've been born again into whose family? God's family. We are brothers and sisters of the most high God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we go on as we answer this question according to Scripture, is Christ divided? The Apostle Paul writing in his epistle to the Ephesians, uh, the there in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, I want to pick up. He says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, listen, and love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above principalities all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come, and hath put, listen now, put all things, he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and all. Uh, Colossians chapter, uh, oh, excuse me, I want to go back and read Ephesians chapter 4 right quick. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to read a few verses here. Verse 4 of chapter 4. Let's go to verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech ye that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering. Listen, forbearing one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He goes on to say, I want you to listen closely to how many times the word one is used here. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Did you hear how many times the word one is used there? And I ask you this question. Is there any division in one? One sim simply in its widest definitions means a singular unit. It is a singular word. There can be no division in one. So we are encouraged. We are admonished to live as one body. In who, as Ephesians chapter 1 tells us there, in Christ, for he is the head of the body. It says right there in verse 23, which is, is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. 
Let's read verse 22 and 23 together here. Ephesians chapter 1. And have put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Speaking of born again believers, which is his body, the fullness of him that it filleth all in all. Now, to have that oneness, to tear down the barriers, which they shouldn't be there anyway. Christ has torn them down. It is the word of God just confirmed that to us. Let's look at love for a moment. You know, one scripture comes to mind, and, and I know everybody knows it. Everybody has memorized the scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But I want to bring your attention to that first part. For God so loved the world. That word love right there is agapo or agapo uh, in the Greek. It means it's in its highest form. It's the highest form of love. It's an unconditional love. It's an unending love. But what kind of love are we to have for one another? What kind of love? that Do you know that's the kind of love we're to have for each other and not to create divisions? The Word of God tells us in Matthew chapter 22, I'm going to read a few verses here. He says, but when, uh, verse 34, Matthew 22, but when the Pharisees had heard that he, speaking of Jesus, had put the Sadducees to, the, to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, with which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which means teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus saith unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Listen closely to verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the law and the prophets. The two commandments. The two greatest commandments. Thou shalt love thy, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. My friends, that love that is used in those two verses is the same word spoken in John chapter 3 verse 16 when he says, God so loved. So if that, what that's telling us in the word of God is, you and I should have a love in our heart of Christ, which is the love of which God had for you and I when he sent Christ into this world to die in our place and shed every drop of his precious blood to make us, to that we might through him might be made righteous in him. We might receive the righteousness of God in Christ. He has made us, he has brought, brought us into the family of his father. He has brought us into the family of God. And we, whether we like it or not, are brothers and sisters of Christ. And there should be no divisions. The word of God tells us over and over and over again uh, about one, 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 constantly, continually. And I will close with this, but I want to cover this right quick. I want to ask you this question. Will we... Repent our hearts of the divisions that we have. Will we repent in our hearts and ask God to forgive us? Because, we, you know, and I want to ask you this question. Will you be the answer to Jesus' prayer? 
Will you be the answer to Jesus' prayer, John 17? John, the Gospel of John, chapter 17. On his way to the cross, facing arrest, false arrest, facing illegal trials, facing scourging, facing being beaten beyond recognition, all the hairs of his face being plucked out, being nailed to the cross, being spit upon, being mocked, being crucified, before all that, as he was entering it into there, he was going on his way to the cross, and he was facing arrest. This is his prayer for you and I. Now, he prays in here. This is known as Jesus' great intercessory prayer. But I want to pick up in verse 11, and he's praying for his disciples at that time, the 12. He says, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thy name, thine own name, these whom thou hast given me, that they, listen, may be one as we are. Then, as we get over to verse 20, 21, he starts to pray for you and I. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on on me through their words, speaking of the words of the disciples, which you and I have believed unto salvation, the words of Christ. He says that they all may be one. Listen, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Listen why. This is the reason why we should be one and tear out all the divisions and take down all the barriers. That, they, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. In them, I and them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved me, loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also which thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me from the fat before the foundation of the world. I want you to listen to this. My friends, if we're so busy in fighting and out fighting over our differences and we're so busy putting up barriers, we are, we are, not, we are not answering the prayer of Jesus Christ. And we're not honoring him in our hearts because the one, one reason he repeated it twice, why you and I should have unity in his body, that the world might believe that the Father sent him. If we are so busy fighting and infighting and outfighting amongst ourselves and somebody in the world sees that, why would they want what we have in Christ? Because if they see us arguing and bickering and fighting over everything through social media, through uh, whatever outlet it may be, and they see us throwing off on each other and talking down to each other like a dog, they look at us and they look at the world and they say, why would I want that when I can get that where I'm at? Why would I want to get me in that family when I can get that in the family I'm in? We must live as one unity with no divisions so that the world would believe, will believe that the Father sent His Son, Jesus, to die on Calvary's cross. 
Remember, love thy neighbor as yourself. And, I, and I'm not just promoting love between the brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm promoting love in our hearts and for the whole world, that the light and the love of Christ may shine through our hearts to a lost and dying world, and that we would show a stance of unity with no division that the world might believe that the Father has sent his precious Son for all the world, for the sins of the world. John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. My friend, he took our sins away that you and I would live in love for each other. We would live in unity. We would live as one. There's no division in one. So I ask you this question now, is Christ divided? Our answer should be a resounding no in our hearts and that the love and the light of Christ may shine through to a lost and dying world. Thank you for joining me today. Let's continue to pray for this unity. Let's come together in boldness and in unity to serve our Lord that the world might believe that Jesus Christ came to die on Calvary's cross for their sins. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to the next time that we can share in a word from the Lord of God. God bless.